Hi everyone, this is Yara Stark. Welcome to another Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview. And today I'm pretty excited. Now, in a previous podcast interview, I got to interview someone who is in a niche that's probably in my top two favorite subjects. That was tennis. So uh, you can check out my archives for the interview with uh, the guys from Fuzzy Yellow Balls. But today, the other I guess, interest for me outside of internet marketing and blogging, of course, is um, the trance scene and uh, music. Now, that's not everyone's taste, but uh, that's okay. But we're, today we're interviewing Sean Gallagher, who is, in fact, a DJ who also happens to make a living online. So I'm very excited to learn more about how Sean does what he does. So welcome, Sean. Hi, Yaro. Pleasure to be here. I'm excited as well. So, uh, Sean, you've got a, a couple of stories to tell us, but let's just start at the beginning. Uh, you know, where did you grow up, and, and do you have any sort of formal training, any, any studies? Yeah, I, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. Um, I was born there, and I spent all my time there. Didn't travel until I was a little older. And um, I used to work jobs, and I, I, I was always a person that wanted to find fun jobs. So I worked at a golf course driving around golf carts, and I taught little kids hockey lessons when I was growing up and stuff like that. I didn't, I sort of right from an early age rebelled against the traditional job. Um, and, uh, I went to college mainly for my parents. I went to, got my business degree with a specialty in marketing. Um, I drew it out over eight years. Wow. Is that, uh, <laughs> yeah, four BC? Year degree in eight years. That- and the reason why is because I actually started my first business, um, while I was in my second year of college. Was that the university of uh, British Columbia you went to? No, I, I chose to go to a local college called Capilano College, Capilano School of Business. Okay. Because they had a bunch of professors, or sorry, professors that were actually um, very active in the business community and they were investing. And, um, you know, they're really successful entrepreneurs there as well. And so I wanted to learn from those guys rather than the PhDs that were at the big university. Hmm. Okay. So what was this business that made your university or your college studies take eight years? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was DJing at the time, right? I kind of wanted to be cool and I wanted to an easy way to meet girls. So I started DJing when I was about 17 and I was playing all the nightclubs and starting to travel and do that. And I realized that this is about the time when the music industry was collapsing. So I, I realized that DJs were going away from vinyl onto MP3s and there was no reliable source to get these MP3s to play out in the nightclubs or just at home on your turntables. And iTunes provided music, but it was a low quality sound file. So in a big nightclub, it didn't sound very good. So you needed a, 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 an online store to sell this music. So I decided to start uh, an online music store called Play It Tonight. And um, so I started, I went to the bank, put on my best suit and uh, wrote a business plan, went to the bank and said, uh, how much of a business loan can you give me? And they said, well, how much do you need? And so I went online and I started looking around uh, for developers and I, I found a couple and and uh, it really just went from there. So I, I ended up creating an online music store. And so anywhere you went in the world into a nightclub for the first two years, if you heard house music or trance music or breaks or any type of electronic music, it very likely came from my store. Wow. That's, yeah. Uh, that's impressive. I want to know more about that. But, but before, I have to ask you, how exactly did you become a DJ? Like, do you have any music training? Or what's the story there? No, no, I was just, um, I, I saw a TV show, it was kind of embarrassing. In Canada, there was a TV show called Electric Circus. You might be familiar with it because you spent some time in Toronto. It's yeah, it probably familiar. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of a cheesy commercial um, 
dance music show that they'd have and they'd, they'd, they'd put people in in a studio and they'd make it look like a party but it looked really fake and really lame but that's the first time i heard house music and and the first uh song i heard was music sounds better with you by <laughs> yes. uh, stardust you know oh i know that yeah uh, and I, I fell in love with the music so i started making cds for my friends eventually my friends said hey um why don't you become a dj and so I started thinking about that. And then, of course, Law of Attraction kicked in. And I met a, an old friend on the bus who was a DJ. And so he taught me. And it really went from there. Okay. Uh, when you say taught you, I, see, this is a bit, of a, a bit of a segue, I guess, from the internet marketing subject. But I just got to know this. Um, when you learn to become a DJ, it's not like learning the guitar, is it? It's a little bit more, um, I guess, based on software. Would that be correct? Or are you still, what are, we, like, are you producing or are you mixing? What are you doing? Well, it started out that I didn't really know what I was doing, right? And right. so back then, this was maybe 2000, maybe even earlier, 1999, there, was no, there wasn't much software available yet. So we actually started out learning vinyl and just learning to mix the music. And eventually, as I went on, I learned, into, um, you know, I learned about uh, computer mixing and also producing the music, which is actually creating the songs. So I've done all that, yeah. Okay, so it started off just simply getting one track to mix into the next off of two different vinyl. Really simple, playing other people's music, but yep. for whatever reason, people liked it. So. And then you go, get out there and you, you get the software and you can start making music as well as mixing music yeah. and, and exactly continue it. from there. Okay, yeah. so that then led you to uh, creating a website that actually had the, the music for DJs to download. Now, <laughs> just I'm curious with that, given you know we had the whole Napster thing and the copyrighted music issues, how did that impact you? Well, it was paid downloads, so so they they'd pay a dollar ninety nine or dollar forty eight depending on how old the song was. So I actually had to call up all these record labels and say, "Hey, I'm going to sell your music. Let's do a revenue share. We'll split it fifty fifty, and you give me your whole catalog of thousands of songs. You know, I go to Defected or Armada or all these big record labels um, that are in the electronic music world, and I'd say, "Hey, can I sell your stuff? You know, we'd split it fifty fifty, and then I'd." Put the music up on the site, and I'd sell songs for uh, you know dollar ninety nine or dollar forty nine. And that was something they just agreed to. Yeah, well, it was another revenue source for them, another channel for them to get exposure. So yeah, it was you, actually um, it took a lot of time to contact all the thousands of labels we ended yeah. up with, but uh, it was actually they were very eager to make the transition into the digital world. Okay, so, so did, did you have to um, at least? demonstrate that you had a, a real business to convince these labels because it's like me walking up to sony and saying hey i've got this little website hosted on a blog can i sell your stuff you know is it... it took a lot of smooth talking and it and it took some uh you know some figures about what we were already selling so we started with local labels first um you know la record labels that our friends of mine that were djs were running and we started to get sales slowly because we were the only store online before Beatport and everybody. We came online about six months before Beatport. And, uh, and so we had some, you know, some sales to show people that people were making money. And it just sort of grew. Like the more labels we got on, the more sales we made. And so it was easier and easier to get the big labels. Okay. And how exactly were you getting sales? Like where is the traffic coming from? That's a really good question. Um, a, lot of it, a lot of it was just coming from message forms and blog posts and just word of mouth because we were right there on the cusp of this new uh, digital world for DJs. So to be honest, we didn't know anything about traffic generation. Um, my partner was a technology guy and I was just a marketing guy. I just knew, I just knew how to sell stuff face to face. And I also knew how to copyright. I didn't really understand the online advertising world. So we just tried a whole bunch of different things, AdWords, 
um, you know, a message for marketing, and that's really it. Okay, so can you timestamp this? What, what what year are we talking about here? Two thousand and um, that business started in two thousand and two. Okay, so we're we're past the dot com boom. We're yep. we're in the middle of the sort of file sharing controversy era. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Wow. Which which ended up leading to the business failing eventually. But at that time, it was the, there was no other option for DJs to get their music, so it spread by word of mouth mostly. Okay, and so your your marketing, you didn't do much more than just participate in the online community around the music that was already there. That's exactly it. You know, it was a small community back then. There weren't, or there weren't as many message forms and blogs as there are today. So it was, there were a couple big message forms that we hit and the word just started to spread. Okay. And so what happened to that business? Uh, what happened is um, we ramped it up. We ramped it up, kept growing. And we had some big competitors come into the market. Uh, one that you probably know, Beatport. Beatport spent $5 million in marketing in their first year. Wow. So that was number one. Secondly, we were ramping up. So I actually won a business plan competition through my university in the last year. I submitted a business plan to this competition, not thinking anything about it. Business plan for this music business. And we won. I won. I had the best top five business plan in Canada, best business plan in British Columbia. So the bank, the Business Development Bank of Canada, came to me and said, hey, would you like to have $100,000 uh, business loan from us at a very low rate because you won. So we said, sure. So we started ramping up the business and spending more and spending more. And that was at the time when the free sharing was really starting to pick up. And there were a lot of other competitors coming online. So we just started ramping the business up at the very wrong time. Okay. And when you say ramping up, what did you do to start buying advertising? Or We bought, yeah, we bought ma- magazine ads. We bought ads on other websites. We custom ordered a $15,000 server from Taiwan because we thought we needed more storage space. You know, Amazon S3 wasn't available back in 2002, unfortunately. Um, we just spent money. You know, we, we got some employees. We got new computers. We just spent, spent, spent. And at the beginning, that was fine because we were starting to make quite a bit of money. But it, uh, it was the, the timing couldn't have been any more wrong, which was an oversight on our part. Okay, so I'm assuming, like you said, this failed. So you, were yeah. you in debt? Like, what, what, tell, me, tell me the bad side now. <laughs> what happened? Okay, well, here's the bad side. Here's the part that I didn't tell you. When I was starting the business, I was really eager to start it. I didn't know anything about online business. So I went to Google, and I said, and I typed in web developer in Vancouver. And I found a couple local guys, and I told them what I wanted to do. I wanted to create this music store, and I didn't know anything about websites. I didn't, didn't even know how to register domain. And these guys gave me quotes, and the lowest quote I got was $10,000, right? So I went and got a business loan for 15000 That's what they ended up giving me. And uh, I paid the guy half in advance, so 5000 up front. And the agreement was that he'd have it done in three months. And after the three months, he came to me and said, Sean, I need the other five. Uh, we're not done. This is a bigger project than I thought I was. So I paid him the other five. Came back to me a couple months later, Sean, I need, I need another five. And me being naive and really eager, you know, I really wanted this business to work and to get started. I paid him another five. And it kept going until he racked up $21,000. And uh, this is from business loan money, loans I had taken out personally. And it sounds incredibly stupid. And I look back and I'm like, God, what are you doing? What were you doing? But it, that, that's what happened. And so eventually, 13 months after we started, I ended up firing him. I ended up saying, you know what? Just done. Done. And so uh, I was already $20,000 in debt and the business hadn't even started yet. So that wasn't the best start financially. <laughs> <No>. Then... <laughs> 
<laughs> so then I, I, I'm like, oh, I don't even have a business now. I don't have a website. I have all this debt. What am I going to do? But I still really wanted to find a way to make this happen. So, of course, um, I, I just bump into this guy who happens to be starting the same idea, another DJ. So he says, uh, yeah, you know what? The, the site's up. We're, we're starting to get a couple sales here. Um, if you put in $20,000 into the business, you'll get 50% of the business, and we'll, we'll, we'll take that twenty grand and we'll invest it in the, the whole project, and, and we'll go from there. So I borrowed $10,000 from my dad and $10,000 from a Visa card, and <laughs> I, I finally owned an online music store. So I'm already, uh, what was it, uh, close to $40,000 in debt, and the business just started. Over the time of running the business, I paid quite a bit of that off. But then at the end of the business, of course, we took that business loan for $100,000. Mm. And we ended up $100,000 in debt when the business closed. Wow, you got some balls, man. I'll have to say that. <laughs> I was naive, man. And like I said, every step of the way, I look back now and I say, what was I thinking? But I learned some incredible lessons. Okay, well, you're obviously in a better position today, so okay. much better. Yeah, let's much keep better. keep going forward. So you've got a hundred thousand dollar debt. Um, you did. You, I'm assuming you closed the business because it was just no longer profitable due to all the the file sharing going on. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. It was just sucking a lot of our time, and it wasn't it wasn't making a lot of money. So we decided to close it. We sold off some of the assets, like the server and some of the some of the contracts with our record labels. Paid off some debts, and we were both. And I think the total was seventy five thousand dollars left after all that. And so I had, I had some personal debt kicking around from the very beginning, and we had to split that um, between the two of us, another gentleman I started the business with. Okay. So uh, during this whole time, are you still DJing? I, I... Yeah, I'm still DJing. So that, that's luckily paying my, paying my living. DJing paid really well because um, I got up to a point where I could play the biggest shows with the biggest DJs and the biggest parties and stuff like that. So it, I, I was able to survive and sort of manage that debt even when that business failed. But I mean, I was, uh, I was like 23, 22, 23 when I got all that debt. So, I mean, that's pretty young to have that much debt hanging over your head. Yeah. Not to have an investment property or something like that to, you know, (laughs) instead. Um, Exactly. Yeah. I think about all the other stuff I could have done with that money and it just blows me away. If I put it anywhere in the Canadian stock market and real estate, I would already be, you know, $500,000 ahead of where I am now. But, uh, okay. Just, as an aside, because I'm curious, and this is yes. purely a personal thing, but you said yeah. um, you know your DJ career was was going well at the time. So even though you know you're getting into debt because of this online business, you're making money as a DJ. What's uh, you know what's the secret there? What was what were you doing well, and and uh, how are you getting to play such large gigs? And and I'm I'm really curious. How much does it pay to be a DJ? Seriously. Yeah. Well, I, I did well because I played on my strength, which is my personality. And I'm not tooting my own horn. That's just what people have told me, that I'm, I'm personable. People like me. And so that's all, that's all it really takes to get started is promoters that have the, the nights, the club nights or the parties or the raves. If they like you, they're probably going to get you to play. So if you're, if you're a DJ in town, a lot of DJs play for free just because they want to get exposure. And that's how everybody has to start out. That's how I started out. But then you start to rise up the ranks, and a good DJ in town will make $300 for a couple hours, $500 for a couple hours, you know, two or three hours before, you know, before another DJ. Like, let's say Amrit Van Buren comes to town. I played with him uh, second time he was in Vancouver. I opened for him. I played for an hour. You know, I get paid $350, $400, which uh, isn't bad for being a local DJ. And as you travel, that gets more. That gets into $1,000 a gig, $2,000 a gig, $5,000 a gig. 
What would Armin get for that same gig that he did with you? 20000 25000 Yeah, see, the, 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 if you start producing and you start making these big, these big hit songs that everybody loves, then all of a sudden promoters can charge $100 a ticket because everybody knows their songs, right? Mm. So they can charge $100 a ticket and they can warrant paying the DJ twenty grand or thirty grand or hundred grand for Tiesto, you know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's how DJs can make some fairly substantial money. That's why they all t- tour like crazy. The big DJs, yeah. But, but the thing is, is that it's a 10-year grind for a lot of people to get to there. So um, that's why I ended up stop DJing, slowing down on the DJing, stopping DJing just recently, um, about a year ago, um, because uh, it's, it's, you really have to put in your time. And until you get to that threshold where you're a superstar, you really don't make that much money. Mm-hmm. You can make a living like I did. But it's 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 not uh, a good living. Okay, you were mostly mixing, not producing so much. Yeah, I was mixing and I was producing for fun, but um, I never really got into producing as a, as a job. And a lot of my friends that were producers were putting in a ton of time and they were making no money. And so I looked at it and I'm like, is this the best use of my time, or should I focus my time on business? And so that's what I did. Okay, so you're 23. You've got somewhere around high five figures in personal debt <laughs> you yeah are paying your bills through djing you're still studying i believe because you've obviously yeah. got eight years with this degree you're in you're in vancouver mm-hmm. uh what happened next there was this period where i didn't know what to do and i sort of floated around you know looking for ways to make money and um so i think the first thing that i did is i fell back on something that i knew how to do which is write business plans because I'd won that award, I had some credibility for that. So I was like, oh, I need to make some money. What's the, what could I, what's the most that I could get per hour for my time? So I, I started writing business plans for local businesses in Vancouver. And within two months, I stopped that because I hated it. I, I didn't like working for the people. Um, and I didn't, like, I didn't like the service-oriented side of the business. So I did that. Then I, I was like, well, what else can I do? And through my DJing, I, I knew a lot of people in Vancouver. So I'm like... My university didn't have any parties, didn't have any club nights. So I started throwing club nights for my university. That was another little side project. And I threw three club nights there. They're so much fun. Everybody loved them. They're like, this is what the school needs. Um, uh, and then those got shut down by the school. The school didn't want to have parties, club nights, with, with their name on it. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to make money quick here. Like, you know, paying out $800 in interest in debt every month is, is a lot to just be throwing out of debt. You know, and so I was like, I got to start paying this down. How can I make quick money and get some business experience? So I went and sold cars for uh, a year. And jack of all trades here. <laughs> yeah, like I tried everything. I told you that through this period, I was lost. You know, I I, I I thought I was an entrepreneur. I I thought I could build up a business and be a success. And then all of a sudden, that crashed down. So I didn't know what to do. So I went and sold cars at Honda for six months, and then Lexus for six months. Um, and that was a great experience, getting sales experience. Um, but it just got to a point where I, I was like, this is not me. This is not me. And so I started doing some soul searching and trying to think up uh, another business I could start. Which was? HowToDJFast.com. So um, I look back at the reasons why I play it tonight wasn't ideal. My, my whole goal for Play Tonight in the first place, the online music store, was to be able to work from anywhere in the world with, a, with just my laptop. And that didn't happen because we had employees and servers and 
all this uh, processing of music files that were going on. So I looked back at that business and I said, how, how can I start another business that improves on all the flaws of the last business? And I started searching around for business models and I came across a video by uh, Ryan Dice. Are you familiar with him, Yara? Yep, yep. Yeah, called Continuity Blueprint. It was a launch that he did, but I didn't even know what launches were back then. So I just watched this video and he was talking about continuity and information products and that sort of thing. So I started researching that and... And within about two weeks of researching that, with no income, aside from DJing, I, I quit the car job, and I just started researching online businesses, online business models. And uh, I think it was two months later, I went to the Tony Robbins seminar, and uh, shortly after that, I just got super motivated, took a massive action, and started HowToDJFast.com, which was my last big successful business. Okay, so this is pre- fairly recent, isn't it? Because Ryan Dice's yeah. launch wasn't too long ago; it was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it was about a, it was uh, not this summer, but last summer. Okay, so a year and a half ago, or t- almost two years ago now. And, and how old are you now, Sean? I'm 26 now. Okay, so you spent basically two years from 23 to 25, sort of doing the car and, and doing promote, uh, running gigs, and writing business plans and all those other things. Yeah, about a, about a year and a half because it took some time to really close down the last business. And my okay. business partner didn't want to close it down. So, yeah, about a year and a half just floating around, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. you know, that's, that's a rite of passage for a lot of people. So that, that's experience. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so How to DJ Fast was the next project. Now, this to me makes complete sense. I understand, It's sort of like the same idea you had regarding... Uh, uh, business plans is it's something you were already successful at, but to be honest, you're way more successful as a DJ than you were as a business plan writer. I mean, it seems like a, a more logical choice. I'm surprised that I, it took you that long to figure that one out in some ways. So Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I mean, I was in a really bad place back then selling cars. I wasn't happy. I hated working a job, and so I wasn't in the most creative place mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to to, to think about the DJ business, the DJ industry as a possible business again, I sort of want, I sort of wanted to get as far away from that as possible because that business failed and caused, caused me a lot of pain. I understand. Okay, but you you healed probably. I healed a exactly. Bit, a little bit of I thanks healed. to Tony Robbins, I'd say. Yeah, Tony <laughs> Robbins had a little bit to do with that, but also I was just I just can't I just got myself back on the horse, and um, I. I looked around in town and, and all these DJ coaches weren't making any money, but millions of kids all over the world wanted to DJ. And so at first I, I was a little hesitant to get started in this DJ business and then I took action and, and uh, yeah, it, it was a great fit. Like you said, it was one of my strengths. Okay. So how did you do this? What was the step one? Step one for me was create a product, which is a little, which is, which is actually flawed because I didn't really do a hell of a lot of market research beforehand. But I just contacted an old friend of mine that was a, a videographer, and he's really good, really good video guy. And I literally just said uh, to one of my friends that owns the biggest or you know, one of the nicest nightclubs in Vancouver, I said, hey, can I film in your nightclub for two days? And I just called my friend, and we rented some cameras and, and rented some lights for a couple hundred dollars you know, on, on my Visa card or whatever. And, and literally, I just put together the program with everything a DJ would need to know to go from beginner to learn about the gear, to learn about what it's like to be a DJ, and to learn about how to mix and do tricks and all that stuff, to, to be at the point where they could be a beginner pro DJ. And we filmed that in two days, and I had a product. Okay, awesome. So it's a, it's a collection of videos, I presume, obviously. Yeah, it's just all videos. It's literally a, a three-hour DVD set. That was and, the first product. 
and and it's just you sitting on the stage at this club showing them how to use the the, the technology to, to make the music and, and mix it together. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Very awesome. Simple. So how did you sell it? How did I sell it? So um, first of all, I set up a blog, um, and I set up uh, a newsletter, and I set up squeeze pages um, because I had learned that the business is in the email list, right? And I was like, well, what's the most effective way for me to drive traffic here? I can set the blog and focus on content, similar to what you, you've done, Yaro, and similar to what I've done in my new project. But in the DJ market, I realized that um, AdWords was ridiculously cheap. I, I was ta- I'm talking about seven, eight, nine cents a click on average for, for, for really competitive terms. So I literally just set up, uh, I recorded a video saying, and you can see the video on the site today on howtodjfast.com saying, hey, I'm DJ Sean Gallagher, and you're about to learn DJing secrets that most new DJs will never know about, mixing, getting gigs, DJ gear. And I just drove AdWords traffic to that squeeze page, which is just nothing more than a page with that video and an opt-in box underneath, and just start building an email list. And as the email list, the email list gave away free tips my best advice and, and, and samples of this DVD set. And it also soft, softly pitched them on the DVD set as well. And so it just, I just, just created this automated machine using AdWords and squeeze pages and, uh, and, and an autoresponder that sold the DVDs for me. Okay, so how much does the DVD go for? Uh, it's ranged. Like I started off selling it for 197 It's a two-disc set. And I've gone down as low as 47 to test the market, and I've sold it for as high as 297 Okay, and it's yeah. uh, for almost all traffic from AdWords. So, you know, how big is your yeah. list today for that? Uh, that Nineteen thousand six hundred something. Wow. Okay, that's pretty good. In, in only what a year and a half? Yeah. So the business launched in June of '09 because it took me for a while. I didn't, I didn't understand anything about domains or technology or anything because in my past business, my partner did all that. So it took me like a good three or four months to get the blog set up the way I wanted to, to get all the websites set up, to get the video, to find a fulfillment company for the videos. It took, took me a while to get started. Now I can do that stuff in, you know, a couple of weeks. But, um, so the business launched in May, late May, June, 09. And I started selling stuff in June of 09. So that wasn't too long ago. And how'd you go? You must've been nervous. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry, you must have been nervous considering you. I'm assuming you still had some debt and and. Uh, well, I still I still had you know the majority of that debt kicking around and yeah. um, you, I wasn't nervous because I just didn't see anybody else doing it. You know, Danny Rampling, who's a really famous DJ, was selling an ebook, and I was like, nobody wants an ebook. How are you going to learn to DJ from an ebook? And I just I was really confident in the quality of my videos, so I just I just knew that there were millions of hungry kids out there. So I, I wasn't really nervous. Um, I was just sort of, like you said, balls to the wall, and I just needed to make it work. So I just literally put it out there. And, okay, so uh, you switched on the AdWords. The traffic starts coming into your landing page. They opt into your email, and they start getting yeah. sent basically stuff to tell them there's some great product they could buy. And Yeah, it was mostly free information that would help them. Like It was just mostly video clips, like how to beat match, how to use a mixer, how to use a turntable, how to do this trick, how to do that trick. But you know, underneath those videos, it would say... By the way, if you like this video, well, you can get three hours of these videos right here, and then I, you know, direct them to the to the uh, sales pages. And I was getting a lot of people opting in. My opt-in rate was between thirty-five and forty percent. That's not bad for AdWords traffic, isn't it? So, no, not bad at all. And you started making money. How'd you go? 
Yeah, I started making money. So first first month, I mean, there were costs, right? I I took I, I had a merchant account that was costing me hundred dollars a month. I had the autoresponder, which was costing me twenty dollars a month. I had uh, you know I set a voicemail uh, through grasshopper.com, which is that voicemail service. Skype. There were a whole bunch of different costs. So first month, I think I lost a hundred dollars. Second month, which is July, I think I made a hundred dollars. You know, third month I made five hundred dollars. Fourth month I made eleven hundred dollars, and it just kept up on kept on growing month over month over month. Why? Why? Yeah. I just kept on refining the process, so I, I improved the landing page. I improved how I was selling the video. I, I just, I mean, I was new to the whole internet marketing thing. I'm still learning as I was going along. So as I learned something from Evan Pagan or Ryan Dice or one of those guys, Frank Kern, then I'd apply it to what I was doing. And I just kept on improving the process, tweaking things and making it convert better. And also I, I started developing other products. So, of course, that, that created upsells, which added more money in my pocket. Okay, so we're recording this in June of 2010. So it's actually your one-year anniversary for selling selling this how to DJ fast yeah, right. product. How, how much are you making from that business uh, now? Well, the business basically built itself up month over month over month to be in January, where it did over fifteen thousand dollars in a month, uh, thanks to some joint venture partners. And since then, it's continued. Uh, it's to be honest, it's fluctuated between. Uh, five to fifteen thousand dollars in between then and now. So, depending on which of my joint venture partners are mailing, it's doing in the range of five thousand to ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars a month. All right, so you've pretty much, on average, close to a six-figure business um, in a very cool niche. How <laughs> to yes. DJ? Yeah. Uh, those joint venture uh, partners. Are you finding them? Are they other DJs? Or are they just music website owners? Or well, it was, tough. it was actually really tough to find those partners in my business because nobody was familiar with the JV thing. People very people were very protective of their email lists and of their, their sort of followers. And so I found that my best joint venture partners were just other people that were selling DJ training products as I was, like Danny Rampling with his ebook. Um, now, those income figures are, are kind of misleading, right? Because what a lot of people don't realize is that you pay your joint venture partners 30 or 40 or 50%. I was paying mine 50%. Um, so when I say we did $15,000 in a month, you know, that means there's $7,000 left over for me, which still isn't bad, but it's not 15 grand in my pocket. Oh, no. I mean, that's the standard, I guess, in the industry, but the great thing about that is you're getting customers. So, um, yeah, and I just, I didn't understand that when I was starting out. So that's one point I want to make clear Mm. uh, when I talk to you here today. Yeah, it's definitely important to note that because you obviously don't get all the money up front, but you get customers on your list. And if you create new products or even if you promote other people's products, you then got buyers to um, sell to. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And that, that's why the business is in the list, right? Yep. For sure. Exactly. Okay. So you've got this business now and it's still doing what it does. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, sort of chugging along. Yep. That's exactly. Great. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's just basically, to be honest, um, it's just fully automated right now. I mean, I respond to customer inquiries and if something needs to be tweaked, I'll tweak it. But AdWords is still driving traffic. My JV partners is still driving traffic. The squeeze page is still converting at between 30 and 40% depending on the week. And, uh, you know, the email list is still doing the selling for me and my fulfillment companies, you know, print and ship the discs automatically anywhere in the world for a couple dollars. So, you know, who, who are you using for that? Uh, I started out using Kunaki, Kunaki.com which is a, 
it's basically a robot in a basement in New York. It's just a machine. There's no customer service or anything. And you can only print one type of disc. You know, it's pretty pretty cut and dry. So then I switched to Vervante.com, which has similar low prices, but incredible customer service, and you can customize it. You can put stuff in the packages. You know, you put stickers in there. You can package it however you want. And their customer service is just unreal. And how do you spell that one? V-E-R-V-A-N-T-E, Vervante. Com. Okay. Yeah, and so they're based they're based in um, California, and so how that works is they actually they have actually already built partnerships relationships with uh, a lot of the major merchant accounts uh, or sorry shopping carts, and so when when an order comes through, they automatically get the order. This company called Vervante, and they print and ship the disc, and it costs me five seventy five to ship it any to print it and ship it anywhere in the world. How, how great is that? Yeah, that's pretty cool, and, and it's amazing. Like you're running your own store, but you don't really do any of it. So, yeah, you don't really do any yeah. of it exactly. And you have more than one product, you said. So, how many do you have in this business? So, the second product I started was about how to get DJ gigs. So, I basically just um, like this one was really simple. I just created a PowerPoint and walked them through everything I know about how to get gigs, where to, you know, you know, where to talk to people, what, what what venues to go to, who to look for, how to network. How to promote yourself online using some of the internet marketing stuff that I was learning, and then I created another one called um, "How to Get Past the Line." So I interviewed some of the doormen that I knew, um, the bouncers, and they explained how you can get on the VIP list and how you can get past past the lineup so you can look cool with girls or your friends or whatever. Um, and then, and then I, for my the big launch that I did in January, um, that's when I started doing the JV partners and stuff. I basically packaged all those together. And sold them as one big package. All right, that's really cool. I like I like that last one. <laughs> Interviews yeah, yeah, with bouncers. That's interesting. <laughs> and it, it's, it's it's great because I know these guys, and uh, just from DJing, right? I mean, they like me because I'm I'm not too much of a party animal. I'm pretty respectful, and you know, I always make make a point of talking to them. So it was really easy for me to create the product. I just said, "Hey, do you want to go for coffee? Can I interview you?" And they all said, "Yeah." So I just literally had coffee and had some laughs with these guys. They told stories about what to do and what not to do and how to get past the lineup. And I had a product that sold for $47. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So it's definitely a unique niche. I can't imagine there's many other people out there who, A, have your experience uh, in DJing and, B, <laughs> is, you know, thinking outside of the box to go and create information products around this stuff. So that's great. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, for people listening, it's, it's a classic example of someone who's passionate about something and gets out there and does it first and then starts teaching. Simple as that. It, it, it's a formula that works over and over again. So That's exactly it. And it all, it all comes back to taking action in the first place, right? Just getting started on whatever. If you have an idea, just do it and you'll, you'll find your way into where you need to be. Which leads me to the next question. You started another business, uh, which is more recent. So tell me about yeah. that. Well, be- before, I, before I do that, Yara, there's one other product I forgot to mention oh, as okay. well. I, I attached a membership to the business as well um, because one-off sales are great, but I really wanted the continuity, ongoing income. That's so important for business to know to know that you're going to have your four grand coming in every month, just every month, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. So I created an online membership site, a video membership site, where I posted up some of the videos that I did. And I also just assembled all the best YouTube videos that I could find into one place and organized them in a manner that was, uh, you know, users could rank them and comment on them. And that was great because, uh, you know, there's so much garbage on YouTube that it's hard to find the good quality training videos on there. So I I created this membership site and I attached it onto every product I sold. People got a free month. And, uh, you know, then after the first month, if they wanted to opt out, 
they'd they'd be able to opt out if they if they wanted to keep going. They'd be charged uh, whatever it was nine dollars a month or nineteen dollars a month, depending on the month. I'd change the price just to test it. And if I get an email saying, "Hey, I didn't sign up for this," then I'd remove them. But that provided me a really good stable source of income um, that still provides me a really good stable mm. source of income today. Okay, so what's this business doing now? I guess yeah, in total sales. Total sales, yeah. Like this month, it did seven grand. Month before that, it did uh, twelve grand. Month before that, I did close to that fifteen mark. Okay, awesome. And, so and- it's, you know, it, it fluctuates month to month depending on how much work I put into it. And now I'm onto my new project, so it's it's not getting as much focus as it used to. And you're not DJing as much anymore either, and because you just moved no, to Mexico. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's another thing that people don't really know about me. Although it's clear through my new project, I have moved to Mexico just recently. Um, I decided that I wanted to focus on business more, and that I wanted to get out of DJing. I didn't want to be spending five nights a week in nightclubs until four a.m. Um, you know, having drinks and that sort of thing. So. So I decided to focus on the business, and I stopped DJing except for friends' parties and stuff. And uh, uh, my girlfriend and I just moved down here to Mexico so I could surf every day and learn Spanish and enjoy the sun. Okay, so what are you, what's, what are you doing now? What's the day in the life of Sean? <laughs> the day in the life, I mean, it sounds pretty glorious, but it, it, it's not. So the day in the life of Sean is I wake up about 6, and if it's, a good early, if it's a good morning, then even earlier, maybe 5.30. Depending on the day, if there's waves, I'll go for a surf. Uh, just as the sun comes up. I like it because that's when all the animals are out, the turtles and the pelicans and all, all the crazy, you know, dolphins and stuff are out there. Um, and so I'll go for a surf, and if there's no waves, then I'll go for a jog. And then I come home by about 8.30, have a nice protein shake, a nice shake with all these fruits and healthy foods, superfoods, and then I uh, sit down. I work from 8 till 5 or 6, and then I spend the evenings relaxing with my girlfriend or my friends or... If the waves are still rocking, I'll go at surfing again. <laughs> okay. So what, what business are you, you focusing your energy on now? Well, it's, it's funny because when I came down here, I just came down here to focus on how to DJ fast and to keep growing that business. But what ended up happening was while I was in the waves, I was meeting all sorts of people that were down here for trips and other people that live down here. And they're like, so, so you moved down here. What are you doing? Are you a bartender? Or are you a server? And I was like, no, actually, I run this online business. And they're like, oh, what is it? And I tell them about it, and the looks on their faces were priceless. I've, I'm sure you've seen the looks before, Yaro, uh, where people are like, you can run your business from your laptop anywhere in the world, and you choose your hours, you're out here surfing during a work day? Yeah. So people were really interested by what I was doing, and they kept asking how they could do it. And so I was like, well, eventually it just dawned on me that there's a big need here, especially since... You know, a lot of people are losing their jobs in the States and in Canada and all over the world. And people are going away from making millions and going towards having more experiences. And that's exactly what a sort of an online business like mine provides. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start putting it out there on a, on a blog everything I know just to help people that want to start these little online businesses so that they can quit their job or travel more or whatever they want to do. So that's, that's my new project. Okay. So where can people check out that one? startupfreedom.com all right yeah so so that so that's what i'm focusing on now just getting content on there and eventually you know i'll start doing more training uh, with regards to that business and building up the traffic you, you sound like me it's first you learn how to do something then you teach it then you learn how to do it and you teach it <laughs> that's the, you know if you see people asking questions then you know there's very much likely a market there so that's exactly it yeah. you, there was a need there and and really 
as you know, ERO, it just all comes down to providing value. And so you, you look at yourself and you're like, well, how can I provide the most value to the world? And, you know, in your case, it was teaching people how to blog, which is super valuable. And I've been using a lot of the resources on your site to, to learn about my blogs as I've gone along. And, uh, and I did the same. I just said, well, what can I provide to the world that will help people and will, will do good and I'll enjoy, not just today, but five years from now. And for me, that was business. That, that was teaching people how to do business online. All right. Awesome, Sean. So just to wrap it up, as we finish this call, for the person listening to this who I think the greatest connection they're going to have is they have a talent already that they've been developing just out of being a worker, you know, whatever it is, they're, they're a guitar teacher or they play the guitar already and they're good at it or perhaps they know how to make, you know, a special basket weave or... Hmm. Maybe they're you know a car mechanic, whoever it is. Someone out there that's listening to this, they've got a talent or a skill like the way you developed one in DJing. What would you recommend to them if they were interested in, you know, transferring that to a potential business online? Well, if you're already thinking about transferring it into a potential business online, then just do it. I mean, if you're if you if you're reading and listening to Yaro's site right now, that's probably a good indication that you're interested in starting your own business. And if you have an idea, my the best advice I can give is just do it. I mean, don't don't uh, don't maybe don't drop forty grand like I did starting out. I wouldn't advise on that so much, but I would advise on take taking action. And the reason why is because I have no regrets about what I did because through taking action, even though I spent all that money, I learned so much. And now I'm in a position where I'm living this, my dream life. And, uh, you know, I'm making lots of money while literally living my dream. I've always wanted to live somewhere and surf and, and be able to manage my time as I want. So just get started and stick to one thing and keep at it. That's the best advice I have. Get started. Just take action, whatever it is. Stick to it. Persistence. Stick with it. Don't give up. And uh, just keep at it. Awesome, Sean. So anyone wants to check out what you do, we've got howtodjfast.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and startupfreedom.com where you can check out what you're up to currently in terms of uh, teaching people how to do this online. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other passing words before we wrap it up? No, that's it. I just, I just want to um, say that if you have a dream, just do it literally, because there is a way to achieve it. You know, everybody in my life told me when I quit car sales, Sean, you have no income. You have $75,000 in debt. Why are you chasing this pipe dream of starting an online business so you can travel? And now look at me today. I'm in, I'm in Mexico and I'm doing just that. And the debt is gone and I'm making money. So just literally just do it. And along the way, you'll find ways to do it. You'll find answers. You'll find, you'll find, figure out how to drive traffic. You'll figure out how to, how to hire people, how to do all that stuff, all the technical stuff. Just, just do it, get started and keep reading Yaro's blog. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I keep listening to the podcast too, of these great stories, like guys like Sean, who have clearly gone through all sides of the entrepreneurial journey here from you know being in debt to rising onto the other side and and succeeding so very inspiring sean thanks for telling your story and sharing everything with us today and i hope everyone got something from that and of course if you want to grab more of these interviews with successful people who have done things online check out entrepreneurs-journey.com or google my name yarrow y-a-r-o and you can check out the podcasts and the videos there Thanks, Sean. It's been fun. I hope you uh, have fun in Mexico and continue to grow your current business. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Yaro. If anybody has any questions, feel free to email me, sean at startupfreedom.com.